The Conquest of Bliss, a podcast about finding light in the darkness. Perfect. So that scared my cat. Um, yes. All right. <laughs> so, hello, everyone. Once again, I have the wonderful Bethany Williams, whose name I remember this time, with me. And we're going to talk about coping mechanisms, what coping mechanisms might work, and what happens when... I don't know why I always do this. I don't need to say what we're going to talk about because it's a conversation and it's going to flow. So anyways, hi, Bethany. How are you this afternoon? Morning. It's morning. (laughs) I am fantastic. Now, there's something I want to say before we get into starting talking about coping mechanisms. I want everybody aware that I am not any, any shape perform a licensed therapist. I'm a nurse. I am licensed to do that and I think that includes mental health. But I don't want you coming going out there and being like, this therapist online told me no. Perfect. I'm a nurse. Yeah, I, I like to add that disclaimer <laughs> too. I'm not even a nurse. I'm just a person who likes to talk like they know what they're talking about. <laughs> so uh so um yeah definitely if if you're having issues with any of this stuff and you want to talk it through with someone please reach out to a professional that is always good advice even if you don't feel like you need a professional it doesn't really matter because it's not going to hurt anything so (laughs) anyways um so bethany suggested this topic so i'm going to let her take the lead on uh, on the conversation so Well, um, my mom is director of transitional program operations in the Southwest region at a mental facility in my area. She's had more than 20 years experience in mental health. And I asked her for, um, a little information on coping mechanisms. She says, in order to let go of ineffective coping mechanisms, you have to replace them with healthier ones. You can't focus on anybody else's journey you just have to focus on yours because everybody else's journey is going to look different finding which coping mechanisms work for you and I asked her if uh, you can't afford or have access to professional help what are things you can do and she says that it's really important not to focus on money because there are a lot of uh, healthy cheap alternatives and sometimes it's not always talking to a therapist if your problem is you want to get healthy Get some soup cans and work out. The issue is moving, not that, that doing totally all the intense stuff. Your mom is a wonderful human being, by the way. Oh, she really is. She's so her. incredible. She's amazing. Uh, so that that totally makes sense to me. Is I I always forget. Like we don't have we don't have as comprehensive of mental health as I'd like, but I I do always forget that there's so many people who have no access in the states. So that's. That's very valuable. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just. <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's I just a like, conversation. You started talking about your mom, and I just thought about how much I love her. Uh... <laughs> um, so, if she, yeah, Sheila, if you are listening, we love you uh, very much. So, <laughs> love you very much. Uh, yeah. So, I think I think that the 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 first thing that that she mentioned to you about replacing it that's so huge. So. I don't know if you remember, but I mean, I'm sure you do. It was like three days ago or something. But uh, when we first talked about uh, possibly doing this episode, that's one of the things that I said is that I spent a lot of time focusing on changing unhealthy coping mechanisms. So uh, 
promiscuous sex was definitely something that I was struggling with. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm, you're promiscuous. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, that's common. <laughs> I, so, so that was one of many though that I like that I really started on focusing, like you know, changing my relationship with these different things that can be healthy in your life, but I was leaning maybe a little too hard on them. Um, and then <laughs> I had a, I don't know if you would call it a crisis, probably a crisis is accurate. There was some trauma that was triggered. And what happened was I, I didn't really have any real coping mechanisms that, that were at the same type of level of, as the ones that I was using before. I had small things, but nothing that really like replaced these, these big overarching ones that I'd had for, you know, a decade or more. So I think that that's such a key point because then like, that's, that's when I went back into therapy was during that, that crisis, because I was like, I don't know what to do. And like the, the strange thing, and I don't know, again, not a professional. Uh, so I don't know if this is like scientific or whatever, but the strange thing was I was suddenly like, I lost my appetite and I was struggling. Like I didn't want to touch anyone. Like I went into like hyper autonomy mode. And these were like, I think coping mechanisms, but they weren't ones that I recognized at all and didn't know what to do about because they were brand new for me. Yeah. Wow. I know, I just said a lot of things. Uh, (laughs) But like the the appetite thing has, has actually persisted. Like I have been struggling, like not struggling in the sense that I can't eat, but like forgetting to eat for entire days that never existed before. I remember, okay, this is going to make me sound like a horrible person, but you know, whatever, I'm going to be real. Uh, I remember I used to get like, cause I have all these chronic health conditions. I used to get jealous when I would see that like symptoms of things where people would lose their appetite. Cause like I was dealing with, um, you know, being overweight and like really, really struggling with, with my body image and stuff like that. And I would be like, Oh, like how come I've never gotten loss of appetite? And then I got loss of appetite and I was like, this is horrible. This is so much work. Like suddenly like remembering to eat was like a whole bunch of work. So do you have any thoughts on the many things that I've just said? (laughs) I think running into coping mechanisms that are unhealthy, like naturally is a lot, how a lot of people get stuck in them. Like you don't choose actively. Mm. I'm having a hard time with this, so I'm going to just stop eating anything. You don't actively make that decision. It's more of a flight or fight response to stress. And you don't have a choice a lot of times. And I think that makes it a lot harder to let go of them because that's like the only thing you had in a hard Mm -hmm. time. And finding a safer mechanism make is sounds really scary because how do you let go of something that was there for you in exchange for something you don't know that oh that makes so much sense um smoke smoking is one for me that that i do choose but don't know how to let go of because it was it was yeah something that was there for me in a time that i didn't have anything else um (laughs) i feel like i've talked so much and derailed this conversation (laughs) Um, so how would you say is, is a helpful way for someone to approach the, the coping mechanisms that we do actively choose that aren't, you know, so rooted in, in physicality, um, 
how would you say would be the best way to even start recognizing unhealthy coping mechanisms? Look at how it affects the rest of your life. Um, does it negatively affect any of your relationships, your job? It can be difficult to figure out if something's negative rather than positive. Um, a lot of people won't see that sexual promiscuity is harmful to their lives until they see that they aren't able to keep a, a safe, healthy, uh, intimate relationship with another person. They aren't able to see their family regularly. I think that's like really the only way to really recognize a negative or unhealthy coping mechanism. Is that makes sense, how it taking a step back and looking at, at how it fits in to, to your life as it is. That makes sense. So, so let's say, um, what... <laughs> gosh gosh darn it uh <laughs> i feel like i derailed it so much and this could have been such a smooth easy conversation <laughs> and i just overshared like crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's fine it's fine so do you like if, if you if you care to share it if you don't that's fine um do you have any examples of like how you know, someone might recognize and then address and replace with a healthier coping mechanism. So like, let's say sexual promiscuity. Um, I know how I addressed it, but I wonder how you as someone who's surrounded by professionals, as well as at least in some capacity is a professional. Um, can you, can you explain what that process might look like? A lot of journaling, <laughs> probably. <laughs> um you got there's a there's a coping mechanism that is specific to to looking at your life it's uh we in the business call it emotional awareness and it's just tools for identifying and expressing your feelings it's journaling charting just keeping track of everything that goes on in your day-to-day life and you can really take a step back and look and see how one thing that you're doing is affecting other things. And once you, you've got that, that information that this is the thing that's making everything mess up, then you just have to pick another coping mechanism. And it's not going to be the first coping mechanism that you try. It's a very, very long, hard journey. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be scary. You're going to feel like you're doing it wrong. But as long as you're still trying, that makes you're sense. doing it right. That makes sense. So what are some examples of healthy coping mechanisms? There are a lot. There are so many. Um, and there's so many for different things that go wrong in your <laughs> life. <laughs> There's, there's definitely no one-size-fits-all in coping mechanisms. Um, there's a category called self-soothing. This is uh, comforting yourself through your five senses. Um, we call this grounding. Um, what's something you can touch, hear, see, taste, and smell in your surroundings. And that um, takes you out of the situation, takes you into what's going on right now, right here. Just it's me and this table that's brown and smells like like cedar, you know, just getting you there. And then you have you have a distraction. This is uh, taking your mind off the problem for a while. Um, this is video games, movies. 
So anything that takes question you out of your about head. something like distraction. Uh, and, and I mean, of course, this is just, you know, like, um, so something like distraction and, and I mean, <laughs> even, um, you know, sexuality is, is another one that's like this, I, I think, is it can be both. Uh, I, from my experience, at least, like I found that distraction can be very, very healthy, um, but it can also be unhealthy if, if taken to an extreme. And I think the same is true for I am so glad you made that point because I was thinking about this when I was, uh, you know, thinking about things I wanted to talk about. Um, when I was separating from my ex-husband, I distracted myself nice. heavily with RuneScape. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was my distraction, my, how I got through it. And I spent day in and day out on it. And it got to a point where my mom was like, why are you trying to save your marriage? And I'm like, Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. I'm just trying to keep my my mind. (laughs) I think about that all the time. Like she didn't, it hadn't quite come to light then that he was being abusive to me, and everybody just knew that I had left him. And so she didn't know that I was trying to cope with a bunch of stuff. Yeah, that's that's always a hard spot when people don't know and you're not ready to to bring things to light. And so like what looks, yeah, that's a hard spot. Yeah. But, but it was, it was bad. I was, I was on escape all the time. I wasn't sleeping. I, I was, I was going to do talk to my husband quite a bit, trying to fix things, but I didn't have that much energy in it. Cause I didn't, I, I knew what I was coming from. Yeah. And, <laughs> uh, but it yeah, was, it was and, definitely and I mean, and that's, all consuming. Like I said, that's one of the things that's that's really interesting, and I think it's true of even outside of coping mechanisms, just a lot of things in life, where something that like a little is good, but more isn't necessarily better. Because, uh, right. yeah, like I said, there's uh, there's so many things that could be healthy, but can just be taken to such an extent that that it it sees. I would even say beyond diminishing returns where it starts to, starts to, you know, have, um, counterproductive effects in my experience, at least. Yeah. (laughs) I, uh, I've missed you. I'm so, I'm so happy to be doing this. Um, (laughs) it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny how quickly time passes. So, um, people, people all over the place, I think are, are struggling with this this coping mechanism thing and I think that for me one of the things that's interesting about the coping mechanism thing when when I was younger and first starting to learn about all of these different things and address them and I mean I've been doing this for over over a decade I've been you know really digging into the therapy self-exploration um philosophy and all that fun stuff wow that's that's weird I was 18 so it would have been 12 years ago oh um, yeah, it really hurts my brain. Um, but uh, I remember when it first came up and people started using the word unhealthy coping mechanisms. I, and I don't know if this is everyone's experience, but I felt a lot of, of shame. I felt like I felt like like I didn't understand at the time that unhealthy coping mechanisms develop because your brain is just trying to find something to, to fix it for now. I didn't understand that it comes from a place mm-hmm. of hurt 
and not knowing any better, I thought that it was a reflection on me. Like I, I felt, I felt like we choose ho coping mechanisms, but I don't think that that's necessarily always the case. I, mean, I don't know if it's ever the case. No. <laughs> I think sometimes people choose like, but it's very, it's actually, it's got to be rare. I don't. I've, all, all the people that I've I've met in my line of work, I don't think any of them chose to feel the way they feel and act the way they act. Most yeah, of them and I mean, one of the one of the things that's it. really hard is some of the um, some of the COVID mechanisms that I've stepped away from that have been pretty. Uh, I I don't know how you would say it, obviously destructive. Like uh, I used to uh, cut myself. I'm gonna put a trigger warning in here. Don't worry. Um, I used to cut myself. And one of the one of the interesting things is that some of these code mechanisms like that actually come with a chemical reaction in your brain that reinforces an addictive um, situation. So, like pain causes endorphins, right? Which which is really what people are after when they're cutting yes. themselves. Yes. Um, I too used to cut. I and I can I can attest to that. It's not it's not the pain. It's it's the the chemicals in your brain that block that pain it, it blocks the other pains too <laughs> the pain that mm -hmm. you all can't exactly. see <laughs> exactly and, and i find that that's one of the ones that i think is most misunderstood i i don't know if i've ever i've ever come across a conversation with that where at least one person didn't say that it was done for attention or or someone right. just didn't just didn't understand the physiological aspect and they're going well why would you why would you hurt yourself when you're already hurting that doesn't make sense they don't understand that no that actually like physically right. releases pain blocking endorphins like you talked about and that works on psychological pain as well so it's literally like a painkiller and uh, exactly. it's, it's inducing your brain to create natural painkillers and so in situations like that where you're looking at it also has a physical element what what do you recommend i've got a few tools like the ice cube trick really helped me a lot i don't think i've heard of oh. an ice cube trick <laughs> um basically <laughs> if you put it, it it hurts like a bitch so i don't recommend it unless you're trying to deal with this um but basically if you put an ice cube on the inside of your wrist or your inner thigh so you know the very very sensitive to cold parts of your body um it, it causes right. pain and can slightly help alleviate that um that reaction and i don't know chemically exactly what's happening i just know that when i was trying to get through that phase um phase seems like a dismissive reductive word so that was a, probably a poor word choice but that part of my life i uh i found it really really helpful and it hurts so much like i don't recommend it unless you <laughs> you need to but it doesn't cause any long like lasting long-term damage as long as you're not you know literally freezing your wrist off or something so what about what about you do you have anything that that you know of it's it's basically the the same concept trading the pain for mm. a safer pain um when one that doesn't release the endorphins like the rubber band trick around the wrist whenever you feel the desire to cut you flick it that's that's really the only <laughs> example coming that's to fair right that's fair i just i just always whenever i think of coping mechanisms i think that it's important to recognize and discuss that there's so much more going on like 
the reason that coping mechanisms come to be is because your brain goes into crisis and it's like, I need to fix this. Mm-hmm. And it's like going through all the shit it knows inside, like, you know, and, and it's doing this all subconsciously and goes, okay, I've got a solution. And some of these solutions are just whack. So I said, whack, what the hell is wrong with me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I said whack. And then like, I saw it's like a spike in the audio and I was like, oh God. Um, <laughs> but uh, some of the solutions are just bizarre. And, 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 but like I said, I mean, that's what we've got because I mean, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing how few people are taught how to cope with crisis. Yeah, I know it's, it's a problem in our society because there's a lot of, of anxiety and, and just everybody's scared in our, in our generation and there's no way to cope with it that we've been taught is safe and okay and socially acceptable so we've all got these mechanisms that we've just developed ourselves and and on top of that you know i think that you i i'm not okay i'm not sure if you use this word or not but but on top of that like it's there's there's a lot of shame around them like we talked about earlier so like the cutting thing and so people never want to let anyone know that they have these coping mechanisms so they never reach out for help they just silently suffer you know like when i cut i always cut in places that people would never see and so people just didn't know that i was cutting so nobody thought nobody had any idea to reach out to me to offer help i was so ashamed of it but had i was addicted to it as well i had no idea what to do so i just kept doing it and it wasn't until i was in rehab and they took away all of the sharp objects that I had to face it. <laughs> I just like sometimes <laughs> when I hear what I say, I just sound like the saddest person. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm not a tragedy, I swear. Uh, <laughs> oh, I feel embarrassed a little bit, which is which is okay. I I try to embrace that. It's hard. <laughs> it's you. It's, it's your life you got you got it I'm gonna take it. yeah well that's exactly it is <laughs> it I'm like okay well you know I'm just gonna just gonna keep rolling with it because you know hiding it hasn't done me any dang good so um yeah so like uh what if you, okay so what would you as a person who's just loving and caring and just a beautiful soul what would you recommend to people who do recognize unhealthy coping mechanisms in other people, but know that it might be a shame trigger. How how might you address that with with someone that you care about? Like like you're noticing an unhealthy coping mechanism yeah. in another person. Oh, that's a really hard touchy touchy thing because um, mm-hmm. they've got to accept it. That other person that you're seeing that in, and if they're if they get angry, if you try to bring it up, just then don't. You, yeah, <laughs> you gotta back off. So, uh, <laughs> you most of the time you can't address it directly, address that coping mechanism, but you can introduce healthy coping mechanisms without asking ah. them. You can just say, "Hey, let's go do this. Let's go do this. This sounds really fun," and just keep doing it. Just keep take, getting them out, getting them away from whatever it is, and 
and, and if you keep it up, if they seem to be enjoying it, it's going to take over. It's, it's, they are probably gonna still itch for that, that thing, mm -hmm. but, you know, you're getting them out there and letting them experience what it's like to not have it. And that can help them realize that when they were doing this, their life wasn't so great. You know, things actually weren't as good as they thought it was with this, this coping skill. But doing this, a lot of people are not very receptive to, hey, that's not a very healthy thing you're doing. Yeah, so I agree so much, and I'm, I'm glad that you responded the way that you did, um, because I think that that is, that is a problem. The reason I'm asking is because I, I know a lot of people who are like, oh, I noticed, you know, cuts, or I noticed this, or I noticed that, and they're like, what do I do? And my advice is, has generally been pretty similar, where it's like, unfortunately, we all just kind of have to chill out on telling each other what to do. Um, <laughs> and, and I really like your suggestion of something, giving an alternative. And for whatever reason, when you were talking, the alternative that came to my mind was rock climbing. I don't know why. And I think that, I think that one of the reasons that it came to my mind though, is because it's very physically taxing, which can be very beneficial for someone who's trying to replace coping mechanisms. Yes. Yes. That, that seems to be a, uh, a common thing is uh, whatever as as taxing a thing as you are doing as much stress as it's taking you got to find a coping skill that's just as taxing otherwise your mind's going to go back to that other thing yeah that's so true oh that's so true i got goosebumps for real um i, I mean i get goosebumps fairly often so it's not incredible but still um. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I hope people who are listening enjoy my personality because I don't know how to how to not. Um, but uh, the um, yeah, that's that's I think really really very helpful. I, I I really like to ask you like what would you do in this situation? How would you be helpful? Um, because I know that you're such a helpful person, and I know that you you know are very almost like, well, I don't want to say over the top because that, that has bad implications, but you're so overwhelmingly caring. <laughs> and I know that you are also very strategic. So it's a, it's a good combo to have, to be in your life. In Interesting enough, my, um, caring personality is a coping oh. mechanism. Yes. Feeling, doing good things for other people is a coping mechanism. It's, um, I'll actually touch on this <laughs> again in another <laughs> podcast. Um, <laughs> it's a type of love and it releases endorphins and takes your mind off of the thing that's bothering you. And, and it really, really works for me and completely negates negative feelings. That feel. is, that's an awesome way to frame that. Oh my God. I never thought about that before, Bethany. Uh <laughs> You know, it's serious. I'm saying your name. Um, <laughs> I, I never realized that. Can I tell you, can I tell you a little story that's kind like, that's about that? And it's, it's a silly little story. Um, so one day I was walking through the mall and this older gentleman 
with a Vietnamese accent, so I'm assuming he was Vietnamese, but uh, I don't know for sure, um, walked by me and he goes, eat too much? And I was so hurt. And I remember for whatever reason, and this was this was years back, for whatever reason, I was like, like I was so, I was so upset and so worked up. And I decided that the way that I was gonna handle this was I was like, okay, this negative Nelly is walking around the mall. I'm gonna start saying nice things. So like, I went to like eight different stores and just like complimented people. And it turned out to be like the best day, you know, it was, it was so weird. Um, and I mean, I, it's really cool. Like I, I tend to be a caring person, but I, I really pinpoint that as the moment that I started combating negative feelings with positivity, but I never really recognized it as like a, a coping mechanism. So that's super cool that you drew that line for me. <laughs> um, but for now, we are going to, oh, I said now really loud. It doesn't matter. I can always edit in post, Kara. Okay. Um, I, uh, I'm going to let you go for now, and we will touch base very soon because we have another episode coming up with Bethany. That's right. The the people who asked for it, you're getting it. So we're, <laughs> we're, uh, we're going to record you another episode. As Beth- Bethany noted, Bethany, that is not your name, Bethany noted, about love so tune in in the amount of time it takes me to to do that yep that's helpful okay anyways uh, before before we go is there anything you want to add about coping mechanisms uh yes yes very important if you've tried everything you can think of to to cope healthy with a, a stressor that um, a coping mechanism that is recognized is having a crisis plan, somebody to call, uh, hotline, 911. Those are not off limits. If you feel like you can't get out of your spot. Yes, that is. Get that help. Is, see, I, I love ending it with, is there anything you'd like to add? Because you had the best stuff. Uh, <laughs> yes, get help and the crisis plan. That is a great point. And yeah, there's no, there's, there's there's no shame in having a plan for things to not go well. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you're planning to have a crisis. It's meant meaning you're planning in case you have a crisis. And it's an important distinction, at least for someone like me who is pedantic AF. (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) Bethany, thank you so much again for your time. You're just such a lovely human being. And, uh, I will talk to you you. very, of course, of course. And, uh, yeah, so, and we listened to your requests here at the Conquest of Bliss, so if you wanted to keep coming on, go ahead and ask me. And if you don't, that's too bad, because I'm going to keep having her on, because she's my friend. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, you just skip them. Um, so you guys all have a wonderful day, week, whatever time, day, you know, that's the beauty of podcasts. You can listen to them whenever. So you have a wonderful amount of time that you're experiencing now, and we will check in with you guys next time. Bye.